Hello. Welcome to the Felt Recoil Podcast. This will be episode 119. Oh my, oh my. Glad to have you here uh, on the only podcast that believes all men are created equal, but all ideas are not. And so, you know, we'll tear them apart equally, I guess, if we have to. Uh, But we're going to do our best every week. Wherever you like to get your podcast, you can find us, and uh, we'll give you all the stories the news is afraid to share with you. Everything kind of behind the headlines help you make sense of it all, which I thought was what was great about last week. I had no idea that Joe Biden's son was caught up in a scheme to defraud a Native American Indian tribe of tens of millions of dollars. Well, more of that. I want to say real quick, fantastic job on reporting that. That felt like real journalism. Right, yes. Which is not what we do at all. No. Um, So that was pretty impressive. And I will say, too, a lot of compliments from folks that I know on that reporting. None of the people that I talked to knew any of that information. Yeah, nobody does. I don't think I talked to a single person that listened to last week's show and went, oh, yeah, I mean, of course. Everybody was like, I mean... Can Where did that imagine? come from? Yeah. That, this is the first time I'm ever hearing this. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Uh, this shows how much in the bag uh, the socialist social media and uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to start calling them that now. Instead socialist of social, media, social media. I like I'm just going to call it socialist media. Um, uh, them and the and the, the, the big media, uh, they're they're in the bag for the, for the Dems, so you're not going to hear any of that anywhere else. So I, I commend you on your effort there, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah, that um, I had no idea. And it was really kind of a cram study session last week to feel prepped enough on it to talk about it. Took a while to record last week because I kept stopping reading and making sure I had it right. Anyway, thanks, man. Um, my name is Chris. Across from me is Patrick. How are you, dear sir? I'm um, great. Good to have you back. Thank you, sir. Uh, glad, glad to you be back. Safe travels. Um, I'll say this before we tell you our charity of choice. We got a jam packed show tonight. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's Justice Barrett now. She was confirmed. A few more details on that. Uh, B Block story ATF AR pistol letter. Be careful what you're taking away from what social media people are telling you about this letter. Uh, it's not from the ATF, there's a letter from a law firm warning people who own AR pistols. We'll give you some clarification on exactly what an AR pistol is, uh, how it is currently defined legally, and how a a new way of determining what a pistol is from the ATF may affect, may affect AR pistols currently on the market. But Mac told me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Listen, remember, some people, some people, like attention. Um, and I'm one of them. This week's voter is David Hogg, which that almost was, it was seems a close race. Easy. It was a close race on this week's voter because you have the former pri- vice president of the United States admitting on tape to establishing a voter fraud uh, organization. How many times can one be the voter? I mean, yeah, that's a good. Point. I mean, it's one that's vote. Everybody good. knows the rules. You're right, but I mean, can you do it multiple times? Yeah, weekly, subsequently, mm. how many times can someone be the voter? That's a good point. That's a good point. I cannot argue that. Um, of course, ma- of course, David Hogg, I think, has probably been the voter before too. 
Could go back in the archives and look. Right. Yeah. Probably wouldn't be his first rodeo. I don't know. I'd have to check it out. It's not important enough track. for me to go back and look. I'm yeah. just I'm just saying. I just say if you do something dumb, you're the vote of the week. And uh boy, oh boy, David Hogg, right along with everybody else that didn't know what a coyote was. Uh, he jumped in on that. Um, anyway, we'll get to all that and a little bit more. First, we're going to remind you of this week's charity of choice. It is the War Fund. The War Fund assists wounded and recovering officers in our home state of South Carolina. And unfortunately, unfortunately, the War Fund has to exist. I don't think they disagree with me saying that. It's very unfortunate that the War Fund even has to be a thing. Because what can happen is if an officer is injured or killed in the line of duty, eventually insurance stops paying and the department stops paying. And so what do you do then? If you're the family of, of the fallen or the injured, uh, you're up a creek. Well, that's where the war fund steps in, and they will raise money, and they will help these families. And currently, uh, they are raising money to directly assist the family of Sergeant Conley Jumper. And I want to say, I think it's important on a couple of things here, but let's remember, uh, Sergeant Conley Jumper was killed in the line of duty last week. He stopped what appears to be a couple of drug runners, tons of drugs in the car. Um, I won't give you the details because they're just not worth sharing. Um, but, the, but the war fund is, uh, Sergeant Jumper was killed, and the war fund is working directly to raise money for his family and all of the expenses. That's the last thing they ever need to worry about now is money. Uh, they, they got a lifetime ahead of them of, of dealing with what happened. So uh, it, was a, it was a tragic and horrific death. Um, the details, the details convey to you how ignorant Joe Biden really is for the idea of let's put a social worker on the scene for de-escalation and then an event like this unfolds where an officer is killed horrifically and purposefully. Uh, Joe Biden is a fool, and I don't regret saying that. The man has lost his mind. So, uh, sorry to politicize it, but it, it situations like this highlight how important it is to have a firm understanding of what exactly these people go to work and do every day. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, so, please visit uh, the War Fund. You can find a link to them on our Facebook page, um, or you can go to GreenvilleWarFund.com. GreenvilleWarFund.com. Um, okay. I, w- I want to tell you something. In- relative to the the state of the world right now that I just think is a glimmer of hope, by the way. My son is turning six tomorrow. It's his birthday. Happy birthday, little guy. And we're having a Ninja Turtle-themed birthday party because I said so. I don't care what he wants. I like that. Dad wanted pizza and 90s classics. Um so we're going to do that, and uh, he's really excited about it. So I took him with me tonight. We went over to Party City to pick out decorations, okay? It was a bad idea to send Dad <laughs> and Little Man, okay? Uh, first thing, it's not, not an exaggeration. I come home. Well, I sent my wife a picture that I'll explain in a second. The first thing she did, she pulls all the stuff out of the bags. I knew what she was doing, and I was like, where did I put the receipt? And sure enough, she's like <laughs> pulling out, snatched it out of her hand. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Um, anyway, all that to say, uh, we, we were shopping for decorations, and I find a five-foot-tall Raphael balloon that you can buy and have inflated. 
which to me, I feel like from what you just told me, you can't put a price on Ninja Turtles. Uh, you can't. It's twenty five dollars, and <laughs> and worth every penny, man. Every penny. So we get this thing blown up, right? And so I say to the girl, I say, hey, um, I was here for my other son's birthday about a month or two ago, and you guys were actually on a helium shortage. Can we get balloons now? She goes, oh, yeah, we're all good. So we buy the balloon, she inflates it, and I immediately karate chop my son on the head with him, right? I, because you have to. You yeah. have to do that, right? So I'm like, quack, quack, quack. And uh, he's a great little guy, uh, and he gets you know kick out of it. Uh, so the lady says, somebody having a birthday. And I said, maybe. Maybe if they behave, we're not even sure the party's going to happen at this point because it's just been a day, you know. And I literally, I said this right, and so he's laughing. He knows I'm just making it up, and uh, the lady's like, "Oh yeah," and so we have a good laugh. And uh, she said, "Well, how old are you going to be?" And he tells her, and uh, it's a good time, right? So she says, "Happy birthday." Here's my whole point: we turn around to leave. If I don't know if, if you've never been to a party city, you're missing out. But when you pay, they kind of like weave everybody to the same location, and if you get a balloon. The person at the cash register walks away and does it. And so you, you are kind of holding the line up a bit. So you grab everybody's attention. That seems dumb. Yeah. So she goes over and inflates the balloon. And there's other cashiers if they're available. But today there just wasn't. So she goes over. She inflates the balloon. She hands it off to us. Like I said, I karate chop him. And she says, happy birthday. And my son says, thank you so much. And we leave, we turn to leave. And there's a line Nine people in line, maybe. Eight or nine people. And do you know, everyone in there said happy birthday to him on our way out. I mean, every like it was like a procession where as we walked, every person in that room said, well, happy birthday, buddy. And he was like, thank you. And then the next person, happy birthday. And the next person, happy birthday. And I couldn't help but think, I don't think I'm being dramatic to say that it was an indicator that we're all ready to get back to being normal and having good things in life. Because that, that is, that's never happened to me before. But when, when you consider everything we're ingesting social media-wise, the way the world is, just the, you know, we're in election season, everybody's mad at everybody for everything, I really felt like, man, you can tell people are ready to just be nice again, get over all the panic of the pandemic, and be people again. And I just thought that was cool. That was a cool moment. So, anyway. That's pretty fair. Happy birthday. I just realized how few times I've ever bought balloons in my life. (laughs) Yeah. As you described that process, because I can't think of a single time. It's worth doing, man, just for the experience, you know. You just can go in and pick anything off the wall. Let's let's fill, you know what we got to do? We got to fill an office with some balloons. All right. Just for fun. Hmm. We wonder, know some guys. Wonder whose it might be. <laughs> I don't know. We'll be we'll be like little phantoms. We'll sneak in and do it, and they'll never know it was us. Wink, wink, buddy. Yep. Your answer was in there. Uh, all right. Caruses. Stupid. <laughs> uh, now we're just doing it for ourselves. Um, okay. Was that it? That was it. Um Justice Barrett has been confirmed on a 52 to 48 vote with only Republicans voting for her. And Susan Collins of me voted uh, against Barrett, which comes as she's in the middle of a tough re-election campaign. And her no vote would ultimately not alter the outcome. Doesn't this show 
how like what a, a grand game this is for politicians. Like she knew Barrett would get nominated, so it was a safe play to vote no. Right. The lady from Hawaii, I think, apparently shouted hell no and stormed out. Well, that's what you do when you're an adult, really. Right. I believe I believe swearing on the floor is actually a break in decorum. Like you can be do they call it censured? You get your hand slapped for that stuff. I don't think you're actually allowed to do that. Anyway, hmm. it just shows you that they know what the outcome's going to be, and then they behave a certain way to protect themselves. Who in Maine? I mean, is Maine totally against Judge Barrett? Like, is, is has that been a thing? What is this lady so all nine people angry up there about anyway? Right? Yeah, you're basically Canada anyway. I learned this week how Maine became a state. Have you ever heard that story? That they basically held Maine yeah, hostage? Canada lost them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, too. I forgot about that part. Uh, but also, as part like of the, when I lose my car keys, I'm talking about. The, yeah, <laughs> nobody cared. Yeah. So inconsequential. Kidding, uh, Maine. We love you. Yeah, apparently they were, like, trying to become a state. They broke from Massachusetts and said, we're going to do our own thing up here because you guys are dumb. They were right. But then the Congress kind of held them hostage because um, they were trying to get Missouri admitted as a slave state. And there was obviously an abolitionist movement happening where they were saying, no, no, we're not going to allow Missouri to be a slave state. Moving forward, all states must be no slaves. And anyway, they uh, used Maine as a pawn and all that and made Maine promise to vote in favor of Missouri being a slave state in order to get its own statehood. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, so they've been at it for a very, very, very long time. Very, very long time. Um, and this is just one more example. Okay, real quick, we'll we'll pause for uh, telling you, and, and congrats, by the way, to Justice Barrett. She seems sharp as a tack. Uh, the exact opposite of what Ruth Bader Ginsburg was for the last decade. Mm. Decade. Which is another thing. I mean... A whole nother conversation, but you don't you don't get cancer all over your body, and then know you're you know, like Rush Limbaugh said this week. You're serving a death sentence. It does reach a point where you go, man. I know I don't have long left. So if Ginsburg really cared about the country, and by the way, if she really cared about a party, why not retire while Obama was in office? She was battling this back then. Yeah. Difference being Rush Limbaugh is a private citizen. Right. In the private sector. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just using what he said this week. You know, now it feels like he's living a death sentence. It wasn't before, but now through the new prognosis is not good. Yeah, because I guess he came out last week and said uh, it's it's gotten worse. Yeah, it's growing. Is Is that what's going on? Okay, yeah. I heard some whispers of that, but I, I don't listen to his show, so I didn't didn't know that for sure. Yeah. Hate to hear that. Poor guy. Um, I, you know, if you're Rush. Yeah, you live uh, out your legacy. Live out your legacy. I get it. Right. But you're um, a Supreme Court justice to the United States. Like, do what's good for the country. Well, we right? talked about this before, I think, uh, a couple weeks ago, where we were talking about <clears throat> if she, if – if she was concerned with her legacy, 
she should have stepped down in any of the eight years that Obama was president where he could have nominated someone liberal to yeah. replace her. Yeah. I, I think that's a fairly simple yeah. way to look at it. Yeah. And even if she wanted to wait until just before he got out of office, I, I frankly wouldn't have a problem with that. I mean, that's politics being politics what they are. True. I, True. I, w- I probably wouldn't have liked it. I think I like this outcome much better for, for people like you and I. Yep. But, um, you know, if, if that was the way she chose to play the game, I would go, yeah, well, she's playing the game smart. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and again, we touched on this, I think she and everyone else thought Hillary was going to sweep in 16, and that would be that. And then she could, you know, uh, yeah. essentially live out her legacy, as you said, uh, in, in those yeah. Years and and then Dying retired any time. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, gavel in hand. That too. With Life a, with a is doily a around her neck. Those should have been her last words if she's real clever. Ooh, not this whole like my most fervent wish. <laughs> nah, man. She bang that gavel and go. Life is adjourned. <laughs> this this court is in recess. This, How do I get that job? This life is in recess. I told you recently, right? Like, I want the job where I write people's last words for them. That'd be epic. I've told you recently, I don't know if it was here in real life, that I do that thing with my kids. Wait, this isn't real? No. It's all what? fake. Yeah. Uh, entirely scripted. I'm reading everything I say off the <laughs> teleprompter behind you. I, I play You and Joe. <laughs> That's right. You and Joe with the yeah. teleprompter. Yeah. yeah, it works out. Yeah. Come on, man. Come on, man. Oh, it's written in there. Uh, yeah. All right. My kids and I do battle stories, and they'll, they'll kill me. And when I die, I always uh, it happened one night where I was. I just happened to say before I get before I die, I want to say one last thing. And they were they gather around. I said, "Come closer so you can hear me." I always liked pineapple on pizza. <laughs> you know. And then they were probably glad you died. And then we did it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then we did it again the next night, and I said something just to be funny. And they were like, no, you were supposed to say a food. And so now I say, like, a food as, as my dying. You know. Right. Anyway. All right. None of that means anything. Let's uh, pause for a second and enjoy this gem from former vice president, thank God, Joe Biden. Secondly, yes. we're in a situation where we have put together... And you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. You know, you and I share an opinion on this one. When you get Alzheimer's and dementia, you just start saying what's been in there the whole time anyway. Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's just a thing that happens. It's not debatable. Anybody that has watched someone or knows someone, that's what happens. That is exactly what just happened. Yep. That is, we know we do it. It's the truth just seeping out. <laughs> and, and just, you guys know, we had it. I liked it. Not only did he admit to it happening now, but he admitted to it happening mm-hmm. to get Obama elected. That's kind of, that's actually probably my favorite part is, so he's he's sold him out. He sold out the big O yep. again. Yep. That's twice in two weeks because he did it again or did it the first time in the debate last week. Uh, well, where, where he wasn't president. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was just the vice president. Right. Can you imagine having that conversation with an ordinary American? Just imagine Joe Biden sitting in this room right now, and we're like, man, what was it like to be so powerful, to have so much power in your hands? And he's like, well, no, 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 I was just the vice president of the United States of America. <laughs> yes, and that wields a ton of power. What was that like Which for you? Which literally makes you the second most powerful person in the world. I mean... I do, you know, <laughs> he's not me. You know, I've run social media for a, a decently sized company. And I do get messages sometimes where I have to say to people, I know you think I have some sort of power and sway. I'm just a Facebook guy. So I can imagine that being his answer where he's right. like, I mean, I was just vice president. I just did like the Facebook stuff. <laughs> You're like, what? I just ran the Twitter account. <laughs> I just made videos when they asked for them. What? Anyway, I think that's funny. Here's There's a moment here towards the beginning that I also thought was very telling. Secondly, we're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration. Right there. You guys did it for our, uh, not us. <laughs> it wasn't it us. I'm sorry. I meant uh, President Obama. I can't tell if that's a distance thing he's trying to do there. Because it's really all he's got was that he was Obama's vice president because he was a lackey of a senator. He never really did anything outside of his crime bill, that, you know, disproportionately locked up minorities. But other than right. that, super predators. Yeah, the predators that he was to. so worried about. Um, God, that was strong, by the way, in the debate last week. You're on tape saying it. Ah, show him the video. And within two minutes, it was Trump's Twitter it was says, yeah. here you go, Joe. You know, you know uh, Don Jr. was over there running his Twitter, oh, yeah. banging it out. He's like just, ready. Oh, man. He's and I think ready. he was. they were playing uh, on the big screens at Trump's rallies the last couple of days. They've been playing clips of all these gaffes and uh, old, old – uh, Clips of Joe saying these ridiculous things that he says he never said, and he's just playing them on a loop like before he comes on the stage, which yep. I think is so brilliant. Like, yep. I don't know who's pulling the strings on Trump's troll game right now, yeah, but it is so strong. Like, it's it's actually, and I've said this before, I'm not a huge Trump fan because I think he's kind of a jackass, but his ability. To and maybe it's not even an ability. He has no filter, so he just says whatever crops up there. That's Usually right. Usually, he says it two or three times. That's right. In short succession, which is very strange to me, but he does it, and I find it so amusing. I, just his ability to just blurt things out and just not care. Because what other politician would function that way? Yeah, and I think that's I think a lot of what love him. what what got people and even me to like him a little bit more was when he was debating Hillary and she's you know berating him about you know because you'd be in jail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was such a classic line. I think I think a lot of people were waiting for that line in this last debate because the first debate was such a train wreck. And uh, what was what was the line? I was telling you, I was cracking up. I was texting you about it. Oh, it, when he says you got to talk him into it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's like, basically, you know, Joe's saying, "Well, I had a, I, I couldn't get anything passed. You know, I had a Republican Congress, yeah." And Trump just kind of shrugs his shoulders and goes, "I mean, you got to talk him into it, Joe." Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. laughed so hard 
I was literally crying. <laughs> My wife was asleep, and I asked her the next day, I said, did I wake you up last night laughing? And she was like, what are you talking about? I said, okay, that means I didn't wake you up, so that's good. <laughs> and I told her what happened, and she starts giggling. I said, no, you have to literally see it to really understand yeah. like how. And so I pull up a clip, and I start playing it. And I get so tickled again, and then she's laughing because I'm laughing right. that she doesn't even really hear it. So I have to keep playing it so that she finally like gets you know through what actually happened. She thought it was the most ridiculous thing, and she even she made a comment about how Trump, the guy who's not really a politician, and he pointed that out in the debate, is having to explain to the guy who's a lifelong politician how politics work. Yep. That was so funny to me. I I just I there's just something about it that makes me like the guy just a little bit more. Yep. Because he just he's not he's just not that typical stoic uh you know, I've got to try to please everybody type of politician. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to get in here, I'm going to say it how it is, I'm going to get it done, I'm going to get out and go do something else. Sure. It's pretty impressive actually. Yeah. But I mean, and it shows why I think Trump is another great example of the private sector getting things done that the government can't do. Because you take a guy that's been just steeped in the private sector for his entire life, you throw him in the government, and he goes, no, that's not how the world works. Here's how it works. And they go, well, this is D.C. It works a little different. Yeah, don't have to. Watch. I'm in charge now. Uh, well, and I think if we learn our lesson here with Trump and looking beyond this, this election cycle into the next, that's who they need to be pulling from they need Mm -hmm. to look outside of the washington run-of-the-mill republican democrat you know Mm -hmm. we need to find somebody that's uh, a a broader thinker than yeah than left right yep absolutely right i I videotaped um what i will suppose are some jamie harrison supporters today destroying lindsey graham signs i thought it was funny uh, on uh, Wade Hampton Boulevard. They were pulling them up, throwing them down, laughing about it. So that's pretty funny. I don't know why I thought of that, except that's the world we're in right now, politics-wise. You got um, – I think you got to step outside of that partisan play and find the right people. I got to tell you, I'm not really a big Lindsey Graham fan. Uh, never have been. Um, however, if you do a little digging into – Jamie Harrison, uh, anyone that worked for the Podestas, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. You're not getting my vote. Yeah. Uh, those are some sick individuals, and um, uh, unless they could come up with a whole bunch of uh, reasons for the content of the emails that were leaked back in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, my opinion will not change. And so if you are associated with them in any way, you're out. Not happening. Yeah. I don't. He, he's trying to do the Obama thing too, where he um, doesn't say anything. He just says nice things. Yeah, there's zero substance. You go look at his website and anything. look at what he stands for. Mm-hmm. It's like the the I'm going to put a Coke machine in the in the lunchroom at mm-hmm. the middle school. Free Coke. Yeah, it, it's and three it, hours of recess every yeah. day. It's it's such a joke. I mean, it's literally, you know. Uh, Support the middle class, you know, that kind of stuff. He's like, what does that dude. mean? What does it mean to support the middle class? He's a weird dude. All right. Uh, hey, just so you know, we are now on Parlor. You 
can find us on all the social medias by searching out Felt Recoil Show. Uh, but you can find us on Parlor. It just felt recoil, felt recoil on Parlor. Uh, put it in, and you'll find us. Our first is it par parlays? I think so. My, our first parlay. It better be. If it's not, it is now. I believe it is now. Uh, it says, "Hey world, communism is stupid, and tyrants deserve death." That's our first parlay. So we'll see if it stands. You know, we're just testing the waters there. I think it will stand. Everybody says, if you don't like Twitter, go to Parler. A little more free speech. Yeah, they have, um, I just signed up for an account, and they have, their terms and conditions was like six little tabs. Oh, yeah. Like one page each. There you go. Versus, you know, if you sign up for Facebook or Twitter, anything that Google owns, there's like a novel of terms and conditions. And yep. You know, I know what I don't think anyone reads any of these things. So I skimmed through those and I thought there must be something here. You know, because everyone's saying this is sort of the uh, last bastion of free speech on the internet as far as the mainstream goes. And if that's true, I thought it was kind of cool because they, they're not trying to inundate you with a million different rules. It seems pretty open ended. And they're going to give people the space to say the things that need to be said, which yeah. obviously is not happening right. anywhere else <laughs> no, in the not socialist media right now. Not even close. Uh, looks cool. I'll dig into it. And uh, you can come join us if you want. Just search for Felt Recall. We'll be there for you. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about the AR pistol dust-up that's happening on the Internet right now. So let me tell you something if you don't know it. You, you probably should. Um, legally speaking, a pistol, a handgun, is a firearm designed to be fired from one hand. Okay? And that is important to know as a base here. Second thing is, if you have a rifle of really any style, any style rifle in the United States and you put a barrel on it that's less than 16 inches in, in overall length. Now, there's some nuances here. I'm giving you kind of the 30,000-foot view here. But if you have a rifle of any style and you put a barrel on it that's less than 16 inches in overall length, you've created what's called a short-barreled rifle. If you create a short-barreled rifle, you have to pay a tax to the federal government of $200 for the right to have that short-barreled rifle. I know what you're thinking. Hey, that's infringement, but the government doesn't care. That's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. actually. The ATF definitely doesn't care. <clears throat> now, we've already talked about the billions of dollars we could save by abolishing the ATF, and nobody's listening to us on that end. But I would be remiss to not remind you that that is a thing that could be done and should be done. However, since that's not the world we live in, we'll deal with the cards we got. So, um, ATF has determined that through an arbitrary... Well, wait, wait, I need to give you one piece of information. So a short-barreled rifle costs you a $200 tax stamp through the federal government. You have to go through a federal background check, okay? The way around it right now is to build a combination of the pistol and the AR called an AR pistol. And the way you do that, you can have any barrel length you want. That's fine. They don't care. But instead of having a butt stock that is adjustable and can be moved on the back of your firearm, 
you put a brace on it. And the idea is that the brace stabilizes the weapon during one-handed fire, thus creating a weapon designed to be fired with one hand, ergo a pistol. Okay? So again, your AR pistol has a brace on the back of it. Originally, the design is kind of like a, a, a bladed device or a looped device that you can loop around your forearm, strap into place, and create that stability. Or you just place the, on the blade devices, you just kind of push the blade up against the forearm, I guess. Um, anyway, these have gotten really, really popular. There was some back and forth with the ATF about their legality in the beginning. The ATF said, no, they're legal. You just can't put them on your shoulder. Then the ATF said, well, okay, if you subsequently put it on your shoulder, if it's kind of like an incidental contact with the shoulder while you're firing, that's fine too. All right. So AR pistols have sold by the millions over the last couple of years because they really are a legal loophole. Sure. It's really what they are. Calling it what it is. Sure. So now... Military Arms Channel on Facebook has created quite the stir as of uh, five. What? Yeah, I know. Those guys? It's crazy to think about, but he has. Um, They're usually very, very calm, cool, and collected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually don't like to cause a stir. So this is shocking. Well, be prepared because it only gets more shocking or all right here's what he posted urgent and i'm not gonna read the whole thing but he basically says at the top because i think this is actually i wish he would stick to what he said he didn't even stick to what he said uh i don't want to beat the guy up about it i just all right he says this was sent to me for sharing see link below you could just skip now and go to the link and see what he's sharing which is what you should do instead of Listen to his commentary. So let's do that, and then we're going to come back to his commentary. That's a great point. So he shared a letter from a law firm uh, called, uh, you know what, the law firm doesn't even have their name on here. Uh, It says Wiley Law on everything. So I had it just a second ago. uh, He calls it the law firm of Wiley Rhine. Uh, R-E-I-N. I'm going to guess that's Ryan. Now, what this letter says is that you need to be aware of a new method by which the ATF is very arbitrarily deciding what is or is not a handgun. Okay? So I said pistol a minute ago. Maybe the legal term is handgun. But that is where it is uh, a device designed specifically to be fired with one hand. So, um, in their letter, they say some pretty important stuff as far as, and this is very important, as far as what might happen. Okay? They don't say what will definitely happen. They don't say this is a thing. They just say what might happen because of one thing that is happening. So, here, let's start here. Uh, the ATF takes the position that if a submitted firearm is too long or too heavy, it fails to meet the definition of handgun under the Gun Control Act. And as it is not designed to be held and fired by the use of a single hand. So that is a problem because that can vary, you know, 
based on person. I'm sure that Jocko Willink can hold with one hand an object that weighs probably 10 times of what a guy like me would be able to do, right? So I think that's probably pretty fair representation. Yeah, that's it's certainly not an objective measuring. Uh, the Firearms and Ammunition Technology Division of the ATF, which conducts importability evaluations, says that it's taking a subjective approach to the statute by allowing individual examiners to determine if he or she, oh great, can fire the weapon with one hand without difficulty. This approach is resulting in inconsistent determinations of which the regulated community should take note. Within the past few months, at least one HK-91 style pistol submission as light as eight pounds with a barrel length of eight and three quarter inch, uh, eight and three quarter inches and an overall length of 21 and three quarters inches has been determined to fall outside the definition of handgun. This is a change from previous determinations where firearms weighing over 8 pounds with 20-inch barrels and an overall length of approximately 31.5 inches were held to be handguns. But since the letters are not publicly available, it's impossible for regulated companies to know the full range of the ATF's determinations. This has serious implications for regulated businesses. In some of the new letters, ATF has begun listing the following objective design features when making its evaluations. Incorporation of rifle sights, Utilization of rifle calibers like 5.56 and 7.62. Incorporation of rifle length barrel. The weapon's too heavy, or excuse me, the weapon's heavy weight. Ability to accept magazines that range in capacity from 20 to 100 rounds, which contribute to the overall weight of the firearm. And overall length of the weapon, which creates a front heavy imbalance when held in one hand. So, the ATF has also noted that in most recent private rulings, the above design features are neither binding on future classifications or is any factor individually determinative. So it's not just one of those things, and it's, it won't be that way in the future. ATF has explained without elaboration that the statutory and regulatory definitions provided uh, provide the appropriate standard in classifying the firearm. ATF concluded that a firearm that is too large, too heavy, or otherwise not designed to be held and fired in one hand, cannot be a handgun under the statutory definition and cannot be subject to importation criteria governing handguns. In light of ATF's subjective and inconsistent analysis of size and weight, it is difficult to predict how the agency will classify any given firearm under this standard. Now, that's a lot of jargon. I understand it. But basically, the takeaway is, very arbitrarily, the ATF is asking people to hold guns and see if they feel too heavy to be a handgun. And if they determine that it is and it can't be imported, and I would assume that means it also can't be manufactured as such inside the United States. Here is where... I blacked I, out for a second. Sure. You okay? Um, you okay? I'm trying is, your, to, is your dog alive? Are my dogs alive? The only they reason won't I'm, be after this podcast. Okay, that's the only reason I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. Um... <laughs> uh, I will say, because that sounded like a bunch of just yeah, gibberish. There, right, yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm on a podcast, like like I'm Joe Rogan and you're Kanye West right now. Oh yeah, like that you bad. just went off on a tangent. Yeah, and, and said a no bunch sense. of words, but it didn't mean anything. Yeah. So, I will say, importation versus manufacture in the U.S. two different things. 
um, cause you have to meet certain criteria to be able to import, uh, these guns. So, um, for instance, uh, Glock makes a full size 380. They don't make it in the U S you can't import it from Germany or from Austria. Uh, if they wanted to, if they so choose, they can make that gun here because they have a plant here. I guess stamp yeah. USA on it. So that, that, that's one condition that probably wouldn't be true, but I'm trying to wrap my head around why weight factors in at all. So because it has to be designed to be fired with one hand. Right. And that's so, the big that should be the big gripe for everyone. So but right? here's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's not nineteen forty one. We don't only shoot handguns with one hand. We don't blade off to the side and shoot our nineteen elevens. Right. Uh, as we look down our right shoulder. I gotcha. That's fair. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. uh, modern shooting techniques teach us to grip a pistol, a mm-hmm. handgun, with two hands. That's right. In order to control the recoil, uh, increase our accuracy, increase follow-up shot time, etc. Yeah. Why a, uh, a rifle, and I'm using the term rifle on purpose, would be any different is beyond me. Yeah. Uh, if we're going to use two hands to hold a handgun, so again, so like a, a pistol, a real handgun, why would something with a, uh, a a longer barrel that shoots a rifle cartridge be any different? We're still going to use two hands. They're just not going to be placed in the same yeah. same uh, area. That's right? fair. You're not going to hold the grip necessarily. The back of that, you're going to stabilize the muzzle for the sake of accuracy and what have you. So this whole argument of weight or whatever is probably one of the most audacious and ridiculous things that I've ever heard come out of the ATF. Which well, is saying a lot because yeah. they come up with some doozies. <laughs> well, the Wiley Law Firm um, has one more important notice for you. And this is where I would kind of, uh, I'd say... Yeah, this is where I would take issue with the way Military Arms Channel is framing this because this is where um, he kind of, I think, unless he knows something outside of what's in this guidance, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I haven't seen anything in the guidance from this law firm. But here's the part that requ- required the... Um, explanation at the top there of what a handgun is. Now you know what a handgun is. You know what a rifle is, a short-barreled rifle. Well, there's a third category called any other weapons. And basically, that is where a weapon doesn't meet the proper criteria to be defined as any of those things and is still a federally regulated item requiring a federal background check and the fine of $200 for the sake of owning it. Okay, So I believe... This is most commonly found with shotguns, right? Like any other weapons tend to to be like short barreled shotgun type stuff. Uh, that would probably be the most common use for that right. these days. Yeah, um, but you can you can still do that with uh, ARs. Uh, the, I mean, it, because really, what we're talking about is your overall length is what is a contributing factor, right? This, and and I guess that's part of why I say this is pretty ridiculous because. I've never read anything that has anything to do with how much a firearm weighs being how it is categorized. Yeah. 
because there are handguns out there that are basically boat anchors. And there are ARs out there that are super-duper lightweight, crazy Mm -hmm. carbon fiber components all cut out. Right, right, You've seen them. I've seen them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can get down crazy light with some of those. So the notion that Four pounds even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Again, which would probably be less than, say, like a Desert Eagle, right? Oh, easy. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so again, we've now you have this blurred line that makes zero sense. Yeah, I would bet my Lead Star PCC weighs yeah. less. Fully loaded mag, I can rock the same mag out of it as I would. Yeah, I I like would say 19? I have I have like a well, I was thinking my nineteen eleven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Same mag, mag capacity, I guess. Not the exact right. same mag, but same amount of rounds. One's a forty-five, one's a nine mil. Right. Yeah, I, I was bet, following you. I know I, what you meant. I bet. I bet you'd be looking at it a similar way. Anyway, so here's why that is interesting and important is because this law firm says, and this is where I think you have to be careful reading what people who post. You know, look, the goal of social media is to get shares. I get it. I get it. You got to get eyes on you. I get that. I get that. Um, I don't like clickbait. And I feel like this might be, you know, maybe we can talk to Mac. We can probably see if you want to come on the show and talk with us. Um, because it sounds like he must know something the rest of us don't know. Um, this law firm says, the new interpretation of the handgun definition could have additional significant effects on manufacturers and gun owners. Could. Not that it does. Not that it will. But it could. All right. Under the National Firearms Act, a firearm that has an overall length of less than 26 inches and is neither a pistol, rifle, nor shotgun is classified as an any other weapon. This means that if a firearm is under 26 inches in overall length and determined not to be a pistol, rifle, or shotgun, it would be classified as an any other weapon and require the payment of a tax. Probably could have skipped that part. We just told you that. Sorry. Under ATF's new reading of the definition, firearms previously classified as large-sized handguns by ATF may now require registration under the National Firearms Act as in any other weapon. Possession of such a firearm without registration is punishable by up to 10 years in prison. Since ATF has not articulated a standard, it is difficult to definitively know whether a large handgun is now in any other weapon because it may be deemed by the agency to be, quote, too large or too heavy to fit within the statutory definition of handgun. The only definitive way to know is to submit the firearm to ATF for evaluation, a process that can take over a year. Listen to me very, 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 very carefully. If you take nothing else from anything we've said about this subject matter, please take this with you. Do not do that. Send nothing to the ATF. Send no letters. Send no guns. Ask no questions. Let this sit in the air be out in the ether. There's no reason for anyone to ask the ATF to make a formal decision about any other weapons and the length or the weight of your AR pistol. Don't do it. Be quiet. Sit down. Quite frankly, shut up. Don't worry about it. It'll go away. Okay? Clear? Okay. I know you know. I'm, I'm just thinking like I out even, loud. I'm I feel just... like I don't even have anything to add to that. So this is where I wonder what those guys mm-hmm. that actually send letters to the ATF, like what what is that guy like? Yeah, I mean, 
I, I do have to say, I remember when Hajib sold me that box of hand grenades. Uh huh. I thought, yep, maybe I email the ATF and ask if this is cool. Mm-hmm. And I was going to do it. And then here's what's really crazy I was looking for their email address in the Constitution. Yep. And I stumbled across the Second Amendment. Uh huh. And the, you know, what did it say? I was like, oh, cannot be infringed. It say don't call the ATF, fact, you idiot. It doesn't say cannot. It says shall not be infringed. You really can't get more definitive than the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not. Hard stop, guys. Hard stop. Anyway, so here's where Mac, I think, kind of went off the rails a little bit and has worked everybody up into this panic. It may not be necessary. He's kind of like the COVID panicker right now, you know? He's like the media with COVID is what he's doing with this. He says, and I'm telling you, I read the the law firm's guidance. I read all the way through. And I don't see it. But he says that the most important part of all this is through unwritten interpretation of regulations and through private correspondence with unspecified companies the ATF has capriciously and arbitrarily decided that any AR-15 pistol, AK pistol, HK pistol, etc., is in any other weapon and thus is subject to the NFA and taxation. Any company who produces such firearms for sale in the United States and any consumer owner of such firearms are either manufacturing or in possession of illegal any other weapons. He goes on to say, this is being retroactively enforced. It does not matter if you bought a previously approved firearm. The only way you can be for certain you are not in possession uh, is to basically send it all. I'm going to, I'm not going to read all this. I'm, I'm going to summarize. Uh, he basically goes on to say, uh, you have to send it off to the ATF for determination. This can take up to a year and any letter given to you is only for you. Um, he says, this is why he has joined with the gun owners of America to sue the federal government. Um, and so he has the letter posted there. But, again, the letter from the law firm that we just read you through, and I don't see anything in there saying this is a firm decision. I don't see anything in there saying it's retroactive. All I read here is that they have found a new way to judge what is or is not a handgun. And I don't agree with that either. Like, that's wrong. It's 100% wrong. But it's also wrong to work people up into a tizzy if there's not substantial proof uh, suggesting that this is a thing. And I'm going to tell you something, man. You can be the boy that cried wolf a couple of times, but what happens is if, if this doesn't become a thing, like if we don't, don't soon find out that the ATF is indeed reclassifying these, which they very well might, uh, I mean, that wouldn't be good for his reputation. I doubt he wants that. So, I mean, maybe it's out there, but not that I can find. He's the only place, by the way, and Breitbart's pretty good about keeping up with gun news and things like that. Uh, but he's the only place I have seen it. I have not seen it anywhere else. Um, yeah, and I mean, I'm looking through the ATF's press releases, and they don't have anything there about it either, so... All right, uh, just know that, uh, hey, maybe the panic is worth it. Uh, if Mac has some details he could share, that would be awesome. I, I would love to uh, read what he's got or hear from him directly what he's got. Uh, don't really have a reason to doubt the guy. I'm just saying it's 
he said to read the letter. I, re- I read the letter, and I don't see what he's seeing. So I'd, I'd like to hear uh, I was just, um, while I blacked out again, I was read. I'm just kidding. Um, I was just reading what defines an AOW because it's not something that I've just said yep. is one of the most insanely idiotic things what? I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> is that what you were thinking? Yes, okay. actually. Right. Uh, plucked that straight from my brain. Uh, so I just pulled up what constitutes an AOW. Okay. Uh, 26 United States Code, Section 5843E. Nice. I, yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm really more like a 573E guy. Oh, but, really? Yeah, but uh, this is a pretty well, good wait, one. Wait till you get the F. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Any weapon or device capable of being concealed on the person from which a shot can be discharged through the energy of an explosive. That's the first... So it's got to be small and concealable and work, huh? Allegedly, but I feel like that definition right there is pretty broad. Yeah. I know that's striking to you that right. it would leave something open-ended like that. No kidding. Uh, second stipulation here. A pistol or revolver having a bore with a smooth bore designed or redesigned to fire a fixed shotgun shell. Oh, wow. All right. I, because... We need those, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, third one is weapons with combination shotgun and rifle barrels, 12 inches or more, less than 18 inches in length, from which a single discharge can be made from either barrel without manual reloading. I'm not even sure what that means. I think uh, this maybe was left over from the Civil War. Well, let me. can I just interject real quick? You know what I'm thinking about? I went to this private Christian high school growing up right and uh the joke among the students was always that anytime something became cool the school would make it against the rules like seriously (laughs) they would follow the haircut trends so i was in high school when friends was big right friends came out my freshman year of high school to date myself you had the rachel i had the rachel and then they were like you're out of here ponytails only ruined it no uh but all the guys went to no firm part right the messy style uh-huh. became a thing yes the and they hair. they literally like within days the edict came out that you must have a definite part line in your hair that's what the atf is that seems like out in the real world seems is like the priorities my, were pretty pretty good there man they had nothing to do right <laughs> like oh what do you guys think we should make a rule about something i guess <laughs> anyway go ahead sorry that's what I'm, but that's what where it took me was a bunch of bored administrators looking for something to do. Yeah. So the next one is any such weapon which may be readily restored to fire. Again, I don't know what that it, means. It, it, that, Does that just mean you can? It is exactly it my point. It is exactly my point. No, I'm I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking here. To be a little more concise about it, people have made these guns, and they're cool, and people are like, check out this cool gun I came up with, and the ATF found out about it and outlawed it. I was like, nah, man, you can't do that. Can't do that. I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. 
There's one last thing here. Kind of what it reads like. Yep. This says, such terms shall not include a pistol or revolver having a rifled bore or rifled bores or weapons designed, made, or intended to be fired from the shoulder and not capable of firing fixed ammunition. So it seems to me that your, your weapon has to be concealable to fall within an, any other weapon category in the first place. I mean, but how are we defining concealable at this point? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that's good. I mean, if that's you're wearing good a trench coat. But here's how you can. Actually, legally speaking, reasonable. Reasonable is a key term. Yeah, I'm just in, being in a smart lot of, I know, I know you are. But when you think, okay, reasonably, how are you concealing an AR-15 pistol? Yeah. Reasonably. You're not. Now, you could do it. And then I could understand why that would be illegal. Like, hey, man, it's just the way it is. You can't conceal that and carry it around. Fine, if that's the way they want. I don't think that's right, but I could understand that logic quicker than I understand, well, it's in any other weapon because we caught one dude with it under a trench coat. So now it's, it's an AOW. That logic, I'm just saying that logic would yep. hold more firm for me. No, I, I, I could agree with that. So anyway, I don't see anything about being retroactive. That's a good explanation on the inner of the weapons. Who knows? I sure don't. I do know one thing. It's time for this. I'm an ambitious officer. One voter. Everybody knows the rules. I need to be a part of the 100 Club. Don't we all, really? I mean, I, I think that's the thing, is we all need to be a part of the 100 Club. That guy. That, that's a dude... I would take his class. Like, I'm tempted to hunt him down, pay him the money, and say, hey, I got this podcast we started up, big-time gun-friendly. Want to have you on the show. Bring all the camera equipment. Put the drone up. We'll have a good time. I'll make a really good video out of it. And then the Voda of the Week is Voda and the entire, like, documentation of the class. I feel like you convince him that this is a real honor, though. That's what I'm saying. No, no, he's going to think it's an honor. Yeah. And then he is the vote of the week. But he won't know that that's and a just, negative thing. Yeah, he's all happy about it. Yeah. yeah. Which further I really like this solidifies plan. why it's so perfect to have a vote of the week. The vote of the week, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a cough button. Uh, the vote of the week this week, I think we're going we're gonna to make this broad. Anybody who didn't know what a coyote is, when the president said it, is the vote of the week. I can tell you that if you go to facebook.com slash felt recall show, you can pick up a copy of Dan and Carlos illegals and read about a radio talk show guy who decided I'm going to go to Mexico and sneak across illegally. And I'm going to see what that's like. And he did. And he wrote a book and it's fascinating. If you haven't read it, you should. And Dad, I need my copy back. But um, David Hogg had this to say when President Trump, during the debate, pointed out that these kids, these 500 and some kids who we can't find their quote-unquote parents, they actually didn't come here with their parents anyway. That's why you can't find their parents. They're not in the country. Those kids came via coyotes who run people across the border who rape women and children as they bring them across the border and who use these kids, by the way, because the Obama-Biden administration 
would not separate parents from children. And they said, if you bring a kid, we'll basically let you go and trust you'll come back one day. But your kid is more important than anything. So they're playing our system. By the way, once those people get in with the kid and they're caught and released, the kid is then sent back south of the border and used again and again and again. So these children, by the way, that the left is so pissed off about us keeping from the people who haul them across the border are literally being forced like slaves because they are slaves to walk across the southern border between Mexico and the United States, a deadly proposition in and of itself, and they're forcing them to do it time and time and time again. And the left wants to cry crocodile tears and say, oh, these poor children, and Donald Trump is so mean for keeping them from their parents. I guarantee you when those kids get old enough to tell their stories, they will be incredibly thankful to Donald Trump for taking them out of the hands of the human traffickers running them across the southern border. But David Hogg, he doesn't know any of that because he's an idiot, and he goes to Harvard. And if you don't know, by the way, let me give you a little example of Harvard. Do you know that Ben Shapiro went to Harvard? I did. And was failing all of his classes? I did not know that. Until he decided he would write like he believed what he was being taught. He could no longer write conservative-leaning papers, so he started leaning left in his writings and got straight A's and made it all the way through. I can't say I'm very surprised by that story. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, David Hogg. David Hogg tweeted, quote, Imagine calling the immigrant parents that bring their children to the United States for a better life coyotes. The level of xenophobia is sickening. Sickening. What's more sickening, I think, is just the fact that he doesn't he, – he has no reference in uh, popular culture or really the news in general or just what's going on. So people that claim to be so uh, – you know, such proponents for the, the, the southern border and the immigrants – uh, being this free-flowing thing, have no concept of what is actually really, 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 really happening. Yep. That's kind of staggering. Almost makes me think he's, he might not be that smart. What? And he might have got into Harvard because he raised a big stink on the national stage. What? I know. You're saying that they admitted him simply because of his political beliefs? I am... Uh, yeah, and that and um, um, his sort of public profile and, and just how large that was, I would say probably a combination of the two. I feel like I'm going out on a limb here. Yeah, I, I think you're way It could just be I'm super jealous that I didn't go to Harvard. Okay. Could be that. Nah. Nah. No. Wait. No, it yes. wasn't that. No. Nope. I, uh-uh. I checked. Wasn't oh. that at all. Okay. Sorry. Hey, um, real quick. Yeah. Who built the cages, Joe? That was so good. That man. Hold on one second. I'm an ambitious officer. One voter. Everybody knows the rules. I need to be a part of the 100 clubs. One voter. Everybody knows the rules. You can't have multiple votos. I know I just brought it up. You're right. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. It's a good point. I can't make everybody the voter. You're right. We don't Um, have that kind of time. How could you? Good in the, in this in this news cycle, I don't know how you could. Good grief, right? Um, 
Okay, so that's that. Another one in the bag. We appreciate you hanging out, as always. Um, David Hogg, appreciate you. Don't understand you, though. Actually, I don't appreciate anything. Um, Okay, we'll be back next week. Please, if you like what you're hearing, give us a subscribe. Tell a friend. Make sure you leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you will just say something, anything at all, it really does help. And it'll help other people find the show. We'll grow the family and continue to be here every Tuesday with brand new episodes of the Felt Recoil Podcast.